The following program was made possible by Ward's lawyers. Find us at wardlegal.ca. Hang on, just need to plug in this deep fryer and start a laundry, throw a batch in the dryer. Gotta make sure my drill is working properly. Hey, I'm just taking advantage of these new all-day lower hydro rates during these times. Ah, fire up the blender. You see, it's, it's times like these when sometimes you have to embrace the positive, like cheaper electricity. I'm just gonna get the coffee started. Oh, and I can plug in that merry-go-round I bought at a Pontypool yard sale last fall. Okay, now let's start the show. Well, as a matter of fact, I did trip a breaker there on the electrical panel downstairs. Or did I? Maybe that was all just make-believe. But this much is real. We are in trying times, neighbors. But we will overcome. That too is real. And yes, that popular topic is explored in our program today. We speak with a woman who knows a few things about homeschooling and how to make it work. Something many parents hunkered down with the kids will appreciate hearing. We also talk to an expert in mental health about how to deal with all this. And if you're looking for a mental break, well, you know, we have that too. Maple syrup production carries on, and right now it's carrying on better than just fine, thank you very much. We'll hear from a Norland syrup producer. A bit later in the program, a playful top five list we can all relate to. And coming up, Downeyville's Mary Connell and Karen Cook walk me through, literally, the monumental transformation of their community's historic hall. My name is Denny Grignon, and this is episode four of the Advocate Podcast, Stories from Kawartha Lakes. Mary? Hi there, how are you? I'm well, and yourself? Good, thanks. Now, how do I refer to you officially? Is it Mary or Mary Jane? Doesn't matter. Mary Jane, if I'm not in a hurry, and Mary, <laughs> if I gotta get the truck started before we leave. That's right. <laughs> okay. Wow, I can tell right off the bat that the doors, they stand out. It's, uh... Yeah. Oh, wow, this is so much more different. Were you ever downstairs? Uh, yes, I think I have been downstairs. Okay. So when you went down to the bottom, the kitchen was right here. We're taking out the main wall that went between the kitchen and the great room. So they're taking out the wall and supporting it and putting in a steel beam. So now we're going to move the kitchen up under where the stairs, the stage was, and then it will actually be a great room. It'll be big. Lots of room for people to move around and do things. So we can use both the upstairs and the downstairs of the hall at the same time. You're already excited. You've oh, come, yeah. in, you come in here probably a thousand <laughs> times since it's been under renovations. It's been five years. Five yeah. years of many, many fundraisers. And we're so lucky that this community and all the outlying ones around us have supported us. So at one point, they held classes down here. So you can see, so this was- It's a chalkboard. Dugan, yeah, January 4th, 1942. No way. Yes, yes, yes. And there were other, when they were removing, so I took some pictures of it. And it was uh, up at the top where the kids had actually inscribe their names in that into the wall so it was really neat this yeah. gives you kind of a warm fuzzy feeling oh it does tell. yes i mean i'm sort of a latecomer to the community but 
certainly yeah. feel a part of it. It's a wonderful community. What was it like when you came across that, that signature there? And I'm trying to make it out. What is it? Carl Dugan. Carl Dugan, okay. When you saw that for the first time and the date, 1948, what was that like for you to see that? This one didn't strike me as much as the one upstairs, the brick, which it's now covered. But there were names of people I know, like Bob Carroll. And I said about him writing on the wall. And he said, oh, no, it was my distant cousin who lives down around Millbrook. He was <laughs> making up a story. But uh, it was neat because there were people who are now adults and actually working on the committee, but they were children here and used the hall. Everybody just kind of... Uh, picks up and, and does things. Uh, for instance, one of our members ended up upstairs painting because there was some damage to the main mm -hmm. hall, which we aren't working on. Um, I just did some trim and, and that for the back because there were just extra things that kind of come along. They're just a little thing, but Mary is a fundraiser extraordinaire. <laughs> well, I'm going to talk about that. Mary, you're, you're very much a Downeyville Yes, I am. Girl. I was born and raised here. Boy, I can't even finish the sentence, and she's already <laughs> holding the, the torch, isn't she? Right. So what's it like for you to come through here and, uh, and, and see this, like see this being transformed, because there is a history here? It's absolutely wonderful, because we're going to leave it for the next generations. There'll come a day when we're up on the hill resting, and uh, we can look down here and just be happy, happy <laughs> that the kids and the grandkids and the great-grandkids are still using it. The history is here. Um, I'm one of the people who do the histories of the families in Downingville. This was built by our ancestors, it was built for us, and it stays. We're Irish and it stays. So even if I came to you with numbers and said, it's easier to tear this down and put up a new building? It was easier, but that would never be what our ancestors built for us. So we are continuing what they did. It wasn't just a contractor built it. The community came together, That's right. and they hauled the materials and did mm -hmm. things. I've only been here about 20 years now, so I figure I've got another 30 before I can consider myself a local. <laughs> but people have always told me about Downeyville having this unique character to it. I mean, you're only steps away from Dunsford and Omimi. This area in particular was very poor Irish Catholic. And so over the years, we have evolved to what we are now, but we've never forgotten where we came from and how hard the ancestors worked to give us a life. We actually moved to the farm in 1980, but we lived in the area prior to that, so basically 50 years. Well, that's not yesterday. No, no, But no, you were even not. hesitant to say you're not from here. The, yes. What has this entire project meant to you in, in terms of your, your place in the community? I started coming to concerts and uh, just loved it because I'd grown up, I have an Irish heritage too. And uh, So she got a pass, did she, Mary? She, was, uh, she got in. Ask her what she calls herself. All right, what do you call yourself? I call myself the token Protestant on the committee. <laughs> well, it's nice to see things have evolved. That's right, that's right. But, but it's just, it's hard to explain the strength of the community and the commitment that it's like a family. Everyone works together. The Carrolls actually re-roofed this whole building, took it upon themselves, so they paid the cost and they actually re-roofed it. So you see these, which are like kind of almost like bumper strip. The, uh, the handrails, are you mean? Well, no, yeah. the, these. Oh, like the strips the little, on the bottom, right? Yeah, yeah, so they have little nubbies on them so that people who have any uh, 
visual impairment mm. because we've actually done things too for the mobility impairment. We're very, very proud of our lift. Before they could use the ramp and they could come to the main level, but they actually couldn't get to the lower level without almost someone carrying them because it was very treacherous, a very steep and narrow staircase. This is wonderful because we do have people who are handicapped. A couple of them have passed away. It's been five years. Some, the other ones are still on and they can hardly wait to get a first ride. <laughs> All right, so this is the automatic door taking yeah. me into the washroom. Yes, it is. Oh my. Okay, there's a, a cot there too. Well, that's a, an adult change table and this is where we went a little um, into the future. It's not something that right now is required. We were going to put in a floor to ceiling pool, but the ceiling is very high. Oh, there's, <laughs> and I can tell there's an automatic flush. That's right, yes, yes. yes. And uh, so we have the double grab bars instead of, and the grab bar at the back. So I mean, it's anyone who actually has any issues for mobility will find this a wonderful washroom. When you walk in here and, and turn on the tap or you hear the automatic toilet flush, I, I kind of hear a toilet flush. I'm just wondering, right, what, yes. what, what did the two of you hear when you hear that? Success. Yes. <laughs> a lot of fundraising. Oh, a lot of fundraising. Yes, yes. 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 Were you ever surprised that people stepped up to make all of this happen? Was there ever any question that it might or might not? No, we're from Downeyville. <laughs> we help each other. That's just... It's an inherent rule. You never, ever say no. You find a way and you help. And Mary doesn't ever let you say no. <laughs> you are listening to the Advocate Podcast, stories from Kawartha Lakes. Hey, need a lawyer? Consider our official sponsor, Ward's Lawyers and Lindsay. Find out more about them at wardlegal.ca. If you're feeling a bit out of sorts, stressed lately, you're certainly not alone exacerbated likely because you're largely confined within four walls. Well, there is help out there. Jack Veach is the manager of community engagement and communication with a local branch of the Canadian Mental Health Association. The, the one thing I always come back to is, is social distancing doesn't have to mean social isolation, you know, and, and we have so many advantages right now. Like you and I are having this conversation because of technology because we're using even like the, the gaming consoles where people can kind of game together over the internet, those little simple things that bring people together and and the other, I remember talking about this with another group, even just like the foundational things that we know that can support mental health, how can we implement those with these sort of new, I don't want to use the word restrictions, but with these new sort of parameters, right? So we, we know that things like uh, physical activity and exercise are great for being and staying mentally well. Well, like you and I have talked about, we can't just head out to the gym at this point because mm -hmm. that's not an option, but... Can we get outside? Can we go for a walk with our family? Can we spend time in our backyard? You know, and actually working in our backyard and maybe we can start focusing on a garden. And again, I understand the snow's in the leaves. So maybe it's about starting to spend more time outside, being active, getting sunlight, that, that little thing, those foundational things that we know will help your brain. Let's keep doing them. You're in a, a position that your, a lot of your clients and a lot of people can just relate to. You've got kids at home. Uh, how have you been able to use that, your own personal experience, to impart <laughs> to impart advice to people who are in your situation? You know what? It's it's unbelievable too. Is that uh, so many times that you're you're going through your work life and you think like, oh, just the the ease of being able to work from home, and then you're working from home and a, a toddler's flying down the stairs while the baby's crying, and you're just definitely trying to get through a conference call. 
it can be a little bit tricky. So, you know, some of the things I always sort of encourage are uh, in sort of a workspace environment, let's designate a space in the home that becomes sort of like a workspace. So mm -hmm. for me, it's going to be my basement, but that's going to be where, you know, dad's working right now. And then even just setting boundaries and limits, because again, I think for myself, and I'm, I'm sure many others too, they're, they're listening or in similar situations, the idea that the boundaries start to blur when my home is my office. And it's real easy to start to check that email, check that voicemail after 4.30, after 5, after 6, after 7, and all of a sudden it blurs into one. Trying to set sort of clear boundaries for yourself, you know, realistic expectations. I'm working from X to Y, and after that I'm, I'm dad again, or I'm mom again i'm brother sister friend partner whatever what have you what do you tell them if they say that it's really tough to blur that line or to, to unblur that line I often tell them that that's a really realistic observation and i think that that's something that even just honoring that and recognizing that is important i think it'd be it'd be like irresponsible of me to, to sit here and say like oh well just do it but recognize that it's hard and, and recognize you know what you've done well and that's almost that comes back to another thing is like don't expect yourself to, to be perfect and then putting pressures on ourselves too. you know, like this is a trying time with, I'm sure, brand new circumstances for all of us and not expecting yourself to be perfect or do it exactly right. And be mindful again that we're in a pretty trying time right now. And, and I know people are like there are some that are, are struggling even with just basic necessity and need like let's let's focus on what's really important and try to take and taking care of our mental health and wellness in the, in the simplest ways is going to be part of that. You mentioned yourself. This is largely an unknown what kind of wisdom or you know experience can you pass on to that person who says, "Yeah, but we don't know what's going to happen." You know, I'm 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 not going to get called back to work. They just you know go through a whole litany of things. How do you just ease those people in, into dealing with the unknown when we don't it's, know it? You know what? It's so funny that you say that, and it's actually something they refer to as anticipatory anxiety. The idea that I don't know what's coming next. I don't, and then uh, it's going to happen forever. And and the the one thing I always see, you know, well, I heard you know so and so's friend's neighbor. Their sister's brother's uh, ex-husband's friend <laughs> right. said to me, because they work in government, that this is never going to end, and they're going to end. And all of a sudden, we start to, to snowball, and we get into that sort of that thought distortion, and it, we're totally sort of derailed. So trying to just manage one day at a time, and then coming back to that simple idea that this will pass. It, it Eventually, this will pass, and we will move through, but taking it just sort of one day at a time taking self-care along the way, taking care of yourself and those around you, taking all the precautions that Health Canada is recommending, we will get through this. My name is Carissa Ward from Ward's Lawyers in Lindsay, your official sponsor of the Advocate podcast, Stories from Kawartha Lakes. Self-isolation sure is not a whole lot of fun. But it is, of course, the right thing to do. And if you stay positive, remember the outcome will be good. It can actually move along quite smoothly. Heck, if you reflect, it's even possible to find some high points. Here then is a top five list of the best parts of self-isolation. Number five. Huh, so that's where the cat sleeps every day between 8.30 a.m. and 5 p.m. Number four. Mmm, you know, this chicken noodle soup and hash brown and salmon and nutmeg surprise is actually quite tasty. Number three. Hey, who's up for a 12-hour marathon of enter name of video game here? Number two. Every day feels like Saturday, and in our home, Saturday is Doritos Day. And the number one best part of self-isolation? Yeah, I'm not reading this. Really? Oh, come on, man. It's, 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 
It's funny. It, it fits, you know? It's fine. No, I'm going to take the dog out for a walk or check my email or relay shoes or something. All right. Well, fine. I'll do it then. And the number one best thing about self-isolation, no pants. <laughs> Coming up, we'll talk to a homeschooling parent who will offer some wisdom and some tips for you who are new to homeschooling. Woke up on the couch. These unique times bring out unique measures, pleasant measures, which is why we've got some music to take you to that next interview. This is the Advocate's own Trevor Hutchinson when he was part of Big Eddie and the Trailer Park Five with Afraid I Will. I can't think about anything else. glare off bad TV. Wishing you come back to me. Well, it's nine in the morning. I got a whole day to kill. Afraid to think about you. Afraid I will. Afraid I will. Another day to kill. Afraid I will. Just more time to fill. I'm afraid I will. I'm afraid I will. I'm afraid I will. Think about you. I'm staring at a picture frame. Wondering what has changed I got one clean glass and a bottle of wine But I got no plans and that's just fine And the days creep by and the night stands still But I don't know if I ever will I'm kitchen at the town of a crazy mood Wishing you could go back here soon That is music by Big Eddie and the Trailer Park Five, featuring the Advocate's own Trevor Hutchinson. Look for his forthcoming album, The Wretched Lies of a Broken Heart. You are listening to the Advocate Podcast, stories from Kawartha Lakes, brought to you by Wards, Lawyers, and Lindsay. Find them at wardlegal.ca. So maybe you're listening to this in between lesson plans for kids while you're all self-isolating. That's okay. Homeschooling can be a bit more fluid than regular school. Some would argue it should be. Renee Reeves has been homeschooling her three children since their first day of school. She spoke to me from her farm near Little Britain. We know in our homeschooling group that there are people from all different backgrounds and all different educational levels. And I think what it is more importantly is that you know your child. And uh, because you have that in relationship with your child, then you can figure out what is best for that child. And it's with, with the internet and everything that we have at our fingertips right now, um, it is easy for you to find resources and to, you, you know, you're not stuck trying to make up a curriculum on your own. I mean, in fact, so often the choice is an overwhelming choice of curriculum. So that's the challenge so, is really just kind of picking and choosing which one will work best because there's such a I, bevy out there. Exactly. I mean, sometimes it's very overwhelming when you're first looking into it. Well, what what do I pick? Even for ourselves, like we went through several, trying out several different things before you find what is going to match for both your teaching style and for the child's learning style. 
How tough was that to, to match your teaching style with, with the learning styles of your kids? For me, like sometimes if, if I'm just not engaged and not able to really get into the material and teach it, then it's not going to work because if I'm not enthusiastic about it, it's not going to work for the child either. So we had to find what worked for, for both of us. Maybe if there's like a curriculum that I really wanted to teach, but it just was not working for my child because the, the kid's not engaged, not interested, bored, um, then I knew I had to revamp it. So you just have to play around with um, what works. And we discover very quickly that worksheets don't work. <laughs> they don't? Okay. What, what do you use instead then? So, I mean, obviously we do do some because, um, you know, there's no getting around doing a certain amount of math drill um, and doing your math facts and that sort of thing. But definitely for all three of my kids, they just really prefer hands-on or interactive learning anytime that's possible. So oftentimes that, that might mean something online that's more engaging and, uh, you know, a lot of these things can be gamified. So, for example, like learning to read and your math facts and things like that, you can get a lot of programs out there that really motivate the the student because it's more engaging, it's gamified, they earn points, as opposed to memorizing of facts. It's maybe um, when we're learning about ancient Persia that they, we did, they wove a little rug. And the whole thing, we you know, while they're doing it, we're listening to, um, Persian music and they're weaving the rug and of course they're going to remember so much more about ancient Persia having done that than they will having read and filled out a worksheet. What's your classroom setting like? Do you, did you isolate a room to it or you just clear the kitchen table? And So we homeschool wherever it's going to work at that time. So um, we have a big room that has a big table that's often for activities but often we're at the kitchen table. Uh, this morning we were watching a virtual class on ecosystems that was being put out um, by the reef relief organization in Florida and so they were we were on the couch and we had clipboards and we're following along that way so we just really uh, you can make it work or in whatever situation you're in from you know cuddling on the couch to working at the table or anything in between we have a typical schedule but sometimes we are willing to throw that schedule out so for example today because of that virtual class we changed our whole schedule around to make that work um, but typically we do try and do our core subjects in the morning so for us that's um, our math our reading work piano and French and then in the afternoon we try and do a fun uh, activity-based project like for science or for history or for art in the afternoon um but we're always willing to be flexible depending on mm -hmm. what happens that day i can just tell in your voice renee there's a, a certain calm demeanor to you and and i'm sure this is all new to you as it is to everybody the the situation we're in but for those parents who uh, are dealing with the stress and of everything how um how would you suggest they just maintain their composure and in their cool yeah, to remember that it's not, you don't need to replicate school, the school environment at home. You're at home, you can have a pajama day, um, you'll have days where you feel like it was not a productive day, and that's all right. Like, children are always learning, you don't necessarily have to pull out those workbooks every day. Oh, Especially okay. this is all new. You know, especially when it's a new thing, I, I would really suggest for parents to find some things that are interest-led by the child. So if the child has like a really big interest in something that maybe you explore that 
you know, even if you just get a little bit done every day, it's better than nothing. And you don't want to get in a situation where you're fighting with your child every day about school. And remember that there are many, learning takes many different forms and it doesn't necessarily have to look like what they were doing in school for it to work and certainly not to try and replicate that that kind of hours. So just, you know, adjust your expectation as to what that's going to look like at, at home. Thanks for being with us. Maybe you found us on iTunes or you subscribe to us on Spotify. The Advocate Podcast, Stories from Kawartha Lakes, is brought to you by Ward's Lawyers and Lindsay, your complete legal team. Find out more at wardlegal.ca. All right, class, pencils down. Raise your hand if you know what Canadian, and specifically Ontario, wonderfully tasty and sticky substance starts flowing at this time of year. Maple syrup is... I was talking about maple syrup there, by the way. Maple syrup is in full flow right now. Well, the sap is. It has to be transformed into maple syrup. Paul and Eleanor Reed have a syrup operation on their farm near Norland. And rumor has it that it's a bumper crop this year. I put in a call to Paul a few days ago. Now, keep in mind, the Reeds live on a working farm. And this is springtime. So... Hello. Paul Reed? Yep. How are you? Yeah. <laughs> Hang on, Denis. Uh, can I call you back in just a couple of minutes? Absolutely. Yeah, yep. we just we just had a lamb being born. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> yes, a lamb. Just a reminder that, well, life still rolls along, even during, well, you know. Paul, who is a retired United Church minister, did call me back so that we could talk maple syrup. But first, I had to ask him, how did you make out with the lamb? The lamb and mother are now safely moved into a, a pen where they won't get stepped upon and uh, they'll be able to bond. It's kind of a reminder, too, that you know, regardless yeah. of what's happening around them, life goes on. The, yeah, that's really part of the reality of uh, being on the farm and at this time of year with all the signs of spring coming forth. It's, it, there's new life just emerging every which way. Mm -hmm. All right, if I were standing right next to you right now, what would I be looking at? Um, so we were in the bottling room. Actually, Eleanor's still out with the lamb. Okay. But in the bottling room, we've got a, a, a two-foot by two-foot stainless steel pan with about uh, 50 liters of nearly processed syrup in it with a propane burner underneath it. And then run it through a filter press, a manually operated press. Uh, so it will come through a plastic tube from the, 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 the finishing unit through the, the uh, filter press and then into another uh, stainless steel bottling unit, which measures probably about 18 inches by 18 by 16 mm -hmm. with uh, two nozzles off of it and a tray in front of it where the bottles sit for uh, uh, to be filled. And then they'll be moved onto a countertop where the bottles will be laid on their side so that the caps are, are uh, covered in the syrup and uh, then after a while we can sand them up and they will vacuum seal as the hot syrup contracts. The sugar content of the sap is 2.8. Is that good? Uh, uh, yeah, that, that's actually better than average. I have to ask how much of you and Eleanor slept in the past week or so, given that this is very much a 24-7 gig? Well, um, it, it hasn't interfered with sleep at all. Um, this is one of the joys of being semi-retired is that I can get things started earlier in the morning and be finished up at the end of the day. Uh, the last two days, it was just a steady 
boil all day long producing the you know the near syrup um, and I've got pails of it uh, stacked up how are this year's conditions compared to previous years for, for making maple syrup well like you know any farm crop you can't really know until the season is over we have we are, are approaching 100% of a normal season average season completed well we're ahead of the game does that mean that the game is over Spoken, spoken like a true farmer who's always yeah. a little reluctant to, to scream success. Well, no, I mean, this is success. I mean, we could quit. We could quit today and go. You know what? We've had a good year. We've done all right. But now we have a season that has started in February. Uh, so the end of March, it might be over. Of course, we're we're always dealing with with climate change now. But you know, yeah. we've got, yeah. we're we're in this unique situation now. I, I'm just wondering, given you know what we're all yeah. going through right now. In fact, the whole yeah. world is going through. Yeah. The fact that this process of making maple syrup still unfolds as it does every year, and, and you're witnessing that, you're a party to it, you're, you're helping create yeah. it. What yeah. goes through your mind when you're in front of the evaporator just whiling away the hours? I used to write sermons. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing now? Um, no, it, it can be a very consuming task, um, just you know, watching it. But the what it makes you so close to is just the the whole sense of spring. I mean, I have an awareness of the temperature. I feel the warmth of the sun uh, during the day uh, when I go down to towards the trees. I I am noticing, you know, every time I make my path down to the, into the bush and back, you know, how much more earth I can see and how far the the snow has receded, the ice has receded. I begin to see the the first blades of, of greenness. I, I start to watch for the for the leaks that are going to poke up through the ground. It sounds like you're able to sh- to even just temporarily shut off everything else that's going on in the world. Is is that fair to say? Or oh, absolutely true. Yeah, you're, you're often alone in the sugar shack, so you don't feel isolated. Um, you see the the, the positive you know, changing season. Yeah, you know, so you're not seeing doom and gloom everywhere. You're seeing new life. Uh, the geese have returned. So like, yeah, it just life carries on in many ways. Yeah, yeah, just very, very clearly. It's also really easy to pick up your phone while you're you're waiting to do anything and uh, you know, open up CBC News and and see the the same headlines day after day. If you're doing maple syrup this year, let us know how yours is going. You can contact us via our website, lindsayadvocate.ca. The Advocate Podcast, Stories from Kawartha Lakes, is sponsored by Ward's Lawyers in Lindsay. For all your legal needs, find them at wardlegal.ca. My thanks to Yannick Grignon and Nancy Payne, also known as the Cheese Factory Road Players, for their help with our top five. Theme music written and performed by Gerald Van Halteren. Folks, lambs still get born. Maple syrup still flows abundantly this year, in fact. People help neighbors. Life goes on with some challenges right now. Big challenges, but that is not forever. Stay positive. And when you're in that store or at that takeout counter, save those glib and snarky and not funny at all remarks. The ones that clerk has been subjected to 50 times that day. Maybe just tell them, hey, thanks for your service, and then smile. My name is Denny Grignon. Be safe. Talk to you again in a few weeks. Mm-hmm.